Listeners, welcome to a very special edition of The Pod and the Pendulum. I am one of your hosts, Mike Snoonian. For the third Halloween in a row, I am joined by my daughter. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself. Ada, what are the other movies we've done for this? Shaun of the Dead and what else? I keep thinking it's like a Gorman, but I have to write no. notes on that, and I have and I haven't done that in like six months. So last year we did Hubie Halloween. Mm-hmm. We did our, our our thoughts on that, and then in 2019 we did a fan commentary on Shaun of the Dead. And you know what? Those are two of our least listened to episodes. So apparently, no one gives a shit what a prepubescent thinks. Wow. So I know. Isn't that amazing? Um, so our listeners have roundly rejected you, I guess, <laughs> which sucks because I think you're pretty fantastic. <laughs> and this is a fun little thing that we do every Halloween to bring you a little bonus show. So if you don't like it, listeners, you can choke on it. No, we're kidding. We're kidding. It, we love you. Is your new marketing strategy just going to be guilt tripping people? Pretty much. And insult people, basically. Don Rickles <laughs> built a career on it. All right, so what movie are we here to talk about this year? Trick or Treat. We are here to talk about the 2007 anthology horror comedy, Trick or Treat. And before we give you our thoughts on the movie, I'm going to run, just for two minutes, a little bit of background on the origins of the film and how it came to be, how it was received. So... Initially, it was conceived as a short animated film by director Mike Doherty in 1996. It's like a three-minute cartoon that introduces like Sam as a little boy and Halloween being chased by spirits and whatnot. Uh, Mike Doherty had worked on the X-Men movies with their director, Brian Singer. That's kind of how he got to know some of the castmates of Trick or Treat, like Brian Cox and Anna Paquin. Um Singer produces this movie. Brian Singer's obviously, we won't get too much into him, but not a good human being. Um, A lot of allegations against him, so many so that it is hard to disbelieve them, but we'll save that talk for another day. Um, This movie made its premiere at the 2007 Butt Numathon, uh, and the idea was to kind of then roll it out to a lot of theaters in October and show it to like thousands or millions of people. Like Ada, how do you think you would have felt going to see this movie like opening weekend in Halloween season with a huge crowd of people? How do you think it would play? Like in a theater or just like you're just standing in a field with like thousands of people? In a theater, not just standing in a field. I like it. Yeah, I think it would be a really fun kind of crowd-pleasing movie, right? So instead, like, Warner decides not to release it in the fall of 2007. They don't give any reasons for it. Uh, The speculation is they did not want to open up against Saw 4, which was a financial juggernaut. And they also saw Superman Returns, which was directed by Brian Singer and co-written 
by Mike Doherty really underperform at the box office, and they were worried that the stink of that movie would transfer to Trick or Treat. So they not only don't release it, but they put the movie on the shelf for like two years. And like before this came out, it was kind of the talk of a lot of horror circles, you know, wondering when are we going to see Trick or Treat? Is it going to theaters? What's happening? And in 2009, it gets a straight-to-DVD release. Immediately becomes a fan favorite. Um, it becomes something that, much like a Christmas story, you watch every holiday, ha- Halloween season. Like, it's the movie that people just put on. It's just so much fun. It embodies, like, the spirit of this season. Um, there's been talk for years about a sequel, but there's been nothing to date. Doherty has gone on to make uh, the Christmas horror comedy Krampus. So I guess the dude just really likes holidays. And he's also made Godzilla King of Monsters. So he's gone on to some big things. So Ada, before we dive into the movie, like, what are your overall thoughts of on Trick or Treat? What do you like about it? I really like it. I'm surprised it doesn't have a sequel since it was so popular. But mm-hmm. we yeah. also like how... Um... Like, instead of just having, like, one, like, secular theme, like, it's a serial killer or something supernatural, it has, like, multiple things. Yeah. Yeah, it has a lot of different things going on for it in this movie. Um, To me, like, one of the things that jump out right away, like, is how it tips a hat or tips its hand to, like, a lot of other horror movies, a lot of other horror creators, especially Stephen King and John Carpenter. When you were watching this, was there anything that jumped out to you? Anything that reminded you of other movies? I mean, pretty... I mean, not because I'm, like, 11. Okay, so you're like, I haven't seen enough, Dad. I don't think like that. You're talking to the person who thought, like... The um in the pumpkin scene where he walks out and there's a bunch of pumpkins that he just carved all those pumpkins and put them out. Yes, when Keegs walks, Kriegs walks out after having no pumpkins in front of his house, and then there are thousands. What was your comment? For a guy who doesn't like Halloween that much, he sure does have a lot of pumpkins. And then we have to explain how Sam put them there. Um, but let's talk a little bit. So yes, that's true. You are not always the most observant person in the whole world that is very true um but some really neat tips of the cap to other horror things especially with carpenter the opening shot of the movie is like a real close-up of a jack-o'-lantern in the dark reminds me a lot of like the opening credits for halloween um brian cox like his bus driver character was made up to look like john carpenter hence the mustache and the slicked back hair so you get like craggly owed john carpenter um, in some of the shots of the bus massacre, um, short, you actually get a shot of a 1958 Plymouth Fury, which is obviously a nod to Stephen King's Christine, is, uh, which is a movie that John Carpenter also directed. Um, what horror character do you think the little boy Billy was dressed like? With his Wait. overalls and the red hair and the striped shirt. Chucky. Yeah, he was dressed like Chucky. Right. Um, maybe my favorite little nod, and I, I know that we're going to miss some, and feel free to tweet at us and let us know what we've missed. We love stuff like that. Um, 
The scene with a disembodied hand kind of reminds you of Evil Dead 2, but also the fact that it crawls off and then Cox's line, like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. Uh, that's straight from John Carpenter's The Thing. Like, really fun nod there. Um, so one of the major, what's like one of the major themes? Like, what are people expected to do regarding Halloween or else they get hurt? Go trick-or-treating, give kids candy, and don't be a dick, and also don't have sex, because in a horror movie, you usually die if you have sex. Well, I think people can have sex in this one. I don't think, like, Sam cares so much if people are having sex, but make sure you trick-or-treat, make sure you give out candy. What else was there? Um, don't be a dick. Don't be a dick to other people. Um, what does everyone who dies in this movie have in common? One, they always like either don't like Halloween or did something bad on Halloween, or two, they're just a bad person. Mm -hmm. Usually, it's both. Usually, it's a combination of both, right? So, what you see is like people are disrespecting the traditions of Halloween. Mm -hmm. Like that's the number one thing you see that happens in this movie. Like, what is the the woman at the beginning of the movie, uh, played by Leslie Bibb, who um, I believe plays the mom in the Netflix slasher movie The Babysitter. Uh, and she's also Megan in the FX comedy um, The League, which is a show that I love. Um, what does she do at the beginning of the movie that pisses Sam off? He basically, she basically talks about, like, she goes in a rant how she doesn't like Halloween and then rips all her decorations off. Yeah, she wants to rip all her decorations down right away. She talks about, you know, how tired she is. And what did she do with the jack-o'-lantern? Doesn't she smash it? No, she doesn't smash it because she doesn't want to smash her own. She, um, she, um, takes a light out. Yeah, she blows yeah. out the candle before Halloween and her, it was over. And her boyfriend says, like, oh, you're not supposed to do that. It's against tradition. I have never heard that tradition, so... Is that something that you've heard before? Yeah, there was, like, this whole thing, like, I think it was, like, when I first heard it was, like, an episode of Gravity Falls or something. Okay. It's a what? Like, in, I think it was, like, in an episode of Gravity Falls or something that I heard of. And then there's, and there's also, I think, um, you're not supposed to turn, if you want kids to go to your house, you have to keep your port. So what is the thing on Gravity Falls about keeping the pumpkin light on? Basically, um, I think it's an episode where it's, like, this monster or something and mm. they have to and if they don't get enough candy by the end of the episode um they die or something or it goes after them or something okay and about you got to keep the porch light on because mm -hmm. that way what then kids will know um to go to your house for candy because if it's not on it's not like any visit anybody yeah there. and we've done that we've we know that one we know that when we go trick-or-treating if the light is off they probably don't have any candy right mm-hmm but I have I did not know that that was a thing about keeping your jack o' lanterns lit. So that was an interesting one to hear. Do you? So here was my thought. I guess maybe we'll talk more about it when we talk about like that little segment. Mm -hmm. um, what about the principal? Like, what is he doing with his candy? He's poisoning the candy. He's poisoning now. Is that a good or a bad thing? A bad thing. Probably a bad thing to poison children. You know, there's, like, tricks you can play at Halloween, but, like, killing someone with poison's probably not considered a good one. And then the girl, Macy, who's kind of the bully, like, she's the mean girl, what does she do um, when they're at the swamp that kind of kicks off, like, all of the um, kids coming back from the dead? 
she um she scares um what was it? I think it was I wanted Rhonda. Rhonda, wait, I thought it was Wanda, but she scares her and she and she and that causes her to fall into a muddy puddle. Yeah, so she does that, but the zombies don't come back right away when she does that. Like she plays that really mean trick on her. I don't think the zombies came back until she like punts the jack-o'-lantern into the swamp. And that's what triggers it. And then obviously Krieg's is just like the Halloween version of Ebenezer Scrooge, who doesn't celebrate it at all and hates the holiday. Um, so to me, like what you see are the people that get killed in this movie are the ones that like disrespect the holiday. Um, one of the things that is really interesting about this movie is the way this there's like four different segments all together, you know, for all intents and purposes. Um, and it looks at how the holiday, like you celebrate it through different phases in life. So you have the first segment with um, Principal Wilkins and his son Billy, and Wilkins is like introducing his son to all of the traditions of the holiday, right? Yeah. You know, like the kid's too young to trick or treat, it seems like. So he has him giving out the candy. And what does he have him carving at the end? Well, a human head, but it's supposed to represent a pumpkin. Yeah, it's supposed to be a pumpkin. But he's teaching him this is what you do on Halloween. So you do like, you know, learning about the holiday when you're really young. And then what about the group of... Um, kids that are playing the prank on Rhonda. Like, what are they doing? Trick-or-treating and telling ghost stories. Yeah, they're trick-or-treating. They're telling ghost stories. They're playing, like, pranks on people. Um, and it's, you know, what kids do when they're about your age, you know? That's when you get to really enjoy the holiday and go out and enjoy mm -hmm. that. And then you have the um, uh, party in the forest, and you have the four young women you know, that is like when you get a bit older and you're too old to trick or treat and you're a young adult, like Halloween becomes the opportunity to party. Like you get in a sexy costume, you go and you go to like drink a lot of alcohol, you hook up with people, you know, it's, it becomes a different holiday at that point. Like you're not going, you know, if you're 20 years old going trick or treat, people are going to look at you funny, you know. <laughs> Um, so Halloween becomes a huge party day for young adults. And then finally, you have like old man Kriegs, who's just this old curmudgeon, hates the holiday, doesn't celebrate it. It's just like, you know, the whole time, not a lot of fun. What do you think would be the best way to spend Halloween out of all those? Um, probably the one that I am now, just trick-or-treating and yeah. stuff. yeah. So what are your favorite things to do around Halloween besides trick-or-treat? Um, probably carving pumpkins and going to like haunted hayrides and mm -hmm. stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, you get to really enjoy that stuff when you're that age. Like, you know, this is your first Halloween. You'll be trick-or-treating without me. You'll be going with friends. So, mm -hmm. wow. Before you know it, you'll be 40 years old. Um, the other thing about this movie, there's two ways you can kind of tell anthology movies the traditional way you tell it is you have like all separate stories right so mm -hmm. each of them would have been separate and all of their own um, and then at the beginning of the movie the end of the movie and maybe briefly in between each segment 
you would have like a wraparound story, something that kind of ties them all together. But basically, they're all separate short movies. How does this movie work? What do you see happen? How does Trick or Treat tell the story? In each of these stories, instead of another story tying it together, a Sam ties all the stories together. Sam ties it all together. He shows up in all of them, yep. And also, it has a time skip as well. Well, it plays with time a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. So it does it like, do you see characters from one story appear in other people's story? Nope. Yeah, you do. When? You see that happen all the time in this. You see... Oh, I thought you meant like in other things of like, I'm not going to see like Harry Potter and Percy Jackson. No, no. What I mean by that is like the kids that are trick-or-treating, you know, go to the principal's house. Mm -hmm. You see the beginning of the movie and the end of the movie. You get the conversation between Wilkins and Kriegs um, in the backyard, but you get it from different points of view, right? Mm -hmm. So at the beginning of the movie, you don't know why... Um, Kriegs is so freaked out at the end and then at the end you kind of see it from his point of view so it drifts in and out and like you said it plays with the time like um, it starts at one point then it goes backward then it goes forward and then it ends where it began right uh-huh. so what do you think of telling the movie that way which way do you think you would like more like straightforward all separate or do you like the way this jumps around a bit I like the way it jumps around yeah I think so I do, too. I think it makes her a much more engaging and much more fun movie. And I kind of like seeing characters drift in and out. Like, at the very beginning of the movie, about, like, three and a half minutes in, you see the school bus uh, where all the children are on, like, all the dead kids. Like, you see that for, like, three seconds. And you have no idea that that's going to be, like, really important later on. Um, But it's a really fun way to tell the story. Um, all right, let's talk a little bit about each segment and then kind of conclude our thing here. So we have our opening scene. It opens right when Halloween is ending. Um, and we talked a little bit about the rules around Halloween, like respect the holiday, give out candy, don't play too mean of a trick. What do you think of these rules? I like they're fair. Okay. Are there... I mean, like, it's basically don't murder people and give people candy. So give like... people candy and, yeah, act like you like the holiday, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you think this woman really disrespects Halloween, or do you think she's just really exhausted? I mean, I think she probably doesn't like Halloween because if she was ex- exhausted, she wouldn't take all the time to take down those decorations. Mm-hmm. She'd just go home and go to bed. Maybe. Yeah, that's true, because she really wants to get rid of them really quickly, and I know she's using the excuse that her mom is coming to visit, but that seems like a pretty weak excuse, right? Yeah. So I struggle with this one because on one hand, you're right. Like, she comes home, she immediately is like, oh, I'm tired, I'm sick of this day, I want to go to bed, I want to get rid of these decorations right away. On the other hand, like, she has a pretty elaborate costume, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what is her costume? It's this gigantic cardboard homemade robot. Yeah, it's a giant cardboard robot. It has, like, these funky arms. Like, do you think that costume is, like, super comfortable to move in, or is that, like, a pain in the butt? It's probably not that comfortable. Probably a pain in the butt. Now, if you really hated Halloween, do you think you would make a costume that that is that elaborate? Nope. Like, who's a character from a TV show you love that hates Halloween? Wait, now I have to think about this. Mm. 
This is gonna give me like a stroke thinking about this. This is gonna take forever. It really is. We'll do an eight hour podcast where this is the only segment. It's just you trying to figure it out. Again. What is a show that you watched over and over and over again? On Netflix, and then it got taken off of Netflix. The Office. So what character in that show hates Halloween? I want to say Dwight. No, Dwight loves Halloween. He, like, <laughs> dresses up in crazy-ass costumes every year. Angela, Angela. Yeah, well, she probably does, but Jim hates Halloween, right? Yeah. And Jim is a way of, like, being a um, jerk about it. Like, Jim comes up with like the laziest costumes like he'll do a name tag with someone else's name on it or he'll put three dots on himself and be like i'm three whole gym and like what do you think of people like that who are like just so blatantly like dickish they should just leave yeah it's like why even bother um dad and mom went to a haunted house one year with another couple where we're gonna go to dinner after and the woman did not want to be there. So she just like stomped through. It was an outdoor haunt. And she just kind of stomped through it. It was like, oh, great. You've ruined our good time. Thank you. Pretty much like those kids on the Haunted Hayride who were really annoying. Well, kind of like that, except those kids were just dicks. And if we were on their, um, if we were on their uh, hayride, I would have thrown one of them off by his face. So we didn't do that. So I don't know if this woman like hates Halloween or if she's just like really tired. You know, you, you know, think about, like, on Sunday night after you've had a really good weekend and, you know, you have school the next day. Do you feel like, ugh, just like your whole body gives out? Nope. No? I feel like that Probably every Sunday. Probably because of all the sugar, but... Probably. Um, so, I don't know. I don't know if she disrespected Halloween so much as she was just really exhausted, you know? Because, like, you're at this party, you've been drinking, everyone else has been drinking, everyone's bumping into you, it's been a long day, you know? I don't know if she deserved that. But, you know, she ends up getting murdered by Sam. Um, then we have the segment with Principal Wilkins. So you get, like, Charlie, played by Bad Santa's Brett Kelly, he is a what I would call a gross human boy. Like, what do you think of Charlie, the kid who's going around smashing pumpkins and is just covered in, like, chocolate and grossness? He just, no. Yeah. Is that the kind of boy you want to date? No. Are you sure? Yes. Is that what Owen looks like? No. No? Okay. So, I shouldn't set you up with any boys that look like Charlie. Yes. That are covered in disgustingness. Okay. Um, he, what do you think of him as a person? Like, what do you think of what he's doing as he kind of goes around? I mean, I, like, I don't like him. Yeah, I don't like him. He's a jerk, right? Yeah. He's like, he is like the kids on that hayride last night that were like pushing each other around and swearing and like kicking things and just were like general pains in the asses. Like that was... <laughs> Charlie. So he gets the worst death, I think, of anyone in this movie, right? What do you think, like, when he eats the candy? I mean, like, what do you think of that puke? That was, like, I, I just couldn't look at it. It was disgusting. Yeah. Apparently, it was made out of edible stuff, like, where you could eat it. No, it was, ew, no. But apparently, it was, like, delicious candy. Like, no. liquid candy just made to look like puke. 
It looks disgusting. Would you eat puke if it tasted like Reese's peanut butter cups? As long as it isn't actual puke and it just looks like puke, okay. then yes. Okay, so what would puke that tasted good not have to look like in order for you to like not eat it? Like If you were given fake puke and were told it's delicious, what would it have to look like for you to say there's no way I'm eating that? It'd have to be, like, chunky and, like, uh-huh. have a weird texture and smell bad. Okay. And probably come from some person I don't know. Well, it wouldn't be real puke. It would have to be, like, fake puke. I'm not saying go out and eat vomit. You know, our dog eats vomit. That's weird. So, anyway. Um, so, the principal is not slick. What I love about the principal is, like, you think he's this, like, badass killer. Then the kids ring the doorbell, and he's, like, totally surprised by them. Um, and I love that, like, the pirate kid knows that something is wrong. Like, hey, something is not right here, but he's too scared to kind of say anything. And all the pirate kid, well, all he had to do to avoid suspicion was say, like, Happy Halloween in a non, like, creepy way, and yeah. he failed to do that. Or don't even answer your door. Um just like just put candy out front and then don't answer it and say take one. So fun fact, they could not use any real candy bar brands for this movie because obviously if you're the people that make Hershey's, you don't want your candy to be associated with razor blades and poison for obvious reasons. Speaking of razor blades, isn't there like that myth where the people would find like razor blades and candies at home? Apples and so stuff. that is definitely a myth. That is, and that I think stemmed from when your dad was younger, mm-hmm. like in the late seventies and early eighties. Um, and a matter of fact, you see that in Halloween two, where a boy goes to the hospital because he said he bit into a razor that was in his candy, and that's why they say check your candy. I don't think there have been any real documented cases of that ever happening. But it was definitely a myth that went around um, that people were putting like razor blades or uh, other poisonous things. And in let candy. me just say, if you are a serial killer and you want to kill a kid, why would you just put like take all the time to like maliciously like put this big razor blade in a small candy bar and mm-hmm. make it look like it what isn't in there? Then have to like use like surgical maneuvers mm-hmm. to put that to put the um, wrapper back on it and not mm-hmm. even know if a kid's gonna take the candy. If you're um, handing it out or just have a bowl out, and even if they did take the candy, why would you even do it? Because it's not like you're going to see them like dying, which is like the whole point if you're a serial yeah. killer. You've really thought about this, huh? Yes. Like what you would do. What would be if you were a serial killer, what would be your modus operandi? What would you do? Um, hmm. I would target 11-year-old kids with curly hair that have wow, missing Dad. teeth. Wow, Dad. Thanks. Mm-hmm. You're really targeting the hole between, like, the gap between my teeth. Yes. So what would you, what would you do? Like, who would your victims be? Um, probably people that I don't like. Well, okay. I wouldn't have to know them, because if I knew them, that would raise suspicion, so they couldn't yeah. be, like, a neighbor or something. Okay, so no then, neighbors. when I hit the body, I'd probably either, if, if I had it in the body of water, I'd, there's, like, this thing, if you, like, cut the lungs, then it won't sink back up, well, not mm-hmm. sink, rise back up. Mm-hmm. Or I'd have Where did it, you see this? Are you, this is on TikTok. Listen, mom listens to a lot of true crime. That's true. She takes notes. And I'm, and um, or I'd had it in a graveyard because nobody would look at a graveyard. You don't think so? I think people would look in a graveyard. Really? Eventually, but I see like an open grave. Okay. All right. So that's what you would do. Excellent. Good to know that our tax scholars are going to your education for stuff like that. That exactly. is great. Okay. 
Um, what about, you know, the, um, you know, at the end of the short, you see um, Billy. What do you think? Billy's kind of a little pain in the ass, right? Yeah. Like, if that was my kid, I would not, I would throw him away. <laughs> um, but like, do you think that Billy is going to get stabbed at the end when Dad has the knife over him? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I think that's what we're all thinking, right? But instead, and this is a question um, for one from one of our listeners. Um, he wants to know, help me with the eye. So our friend at Descent of a Woman over on Twitter, she wants to know, Ada, what you think Billy and Dad are going to do with the eyes once they're scooped out. Okay, I think they're either, one, going to like turn them into like candy or something. Okay, or, candied eyeballs. Yeah, or two, maybe they're going to put it in some food like they did with the um, chocolate bar, or maybe mm-hmm. they're just going to throw them away, which I don't think they're going to do. Yeah, I they, think like, you do something with them. I think they're going to put them between their teeth and see how far they can shoot out the eye jelly when they bite into it. Okay, now you're ta- you're like shaming me for like knowing where to hide a body, but like you've like absolutely thought about like if you had an eyeball in front of you, what would you do? Well, with you it? just answered. You just said what you would do, so it's no different. So I think they would either I think they would put it between their teeth and chomp down and see how far the eye jelly would shoot out. Like that's so like specific. Yeah, well, you know, your dad thinks about these things. Um so, oh, the other fun fact about this, like, Sam, so they, I said they could not take um, real, like, Hershey or Twix or Reese's peanut butter cups. So they had to use, like, um, different fake names for the candy bars. But Sam ends up taking one of the candy bars from the bowl, and that candy bar will come into play later on. All right, let's move on. So we have, like, the girls are in the shop, and they're getting ready for their Halloween. We'll get back to them. You now have the next full short you really do is the School Bus Massacre Revisited is the general name of it. Um, Nice fun thing here, the kids on the bus, all of them were played by children that had either actual injuries or disabilities or developmental delays. And all of them, um, like they were, they filmed using kids with the, those specific disabilities. And allegedly, all those kids had a real fun time making the movie. And like the costumes they chose, like they went through like a bunch of pictures of like um, children with developmental disabilities, like from the 70s, and like found kids wearing those costumes and wanted to make them as like close to that as possible from the photos. I like. But wait, those are real kids? Because, like, the costumes are just, like, I don't like the costumes. They're just, like... They're creepy. I know. That's the point, though, isn't it? Yeah, but, like, why would kids usually, like, it's just... Well, when I was a kid, like, what are you going as this year? What's your what's your Halloween costume? I got a, um, a bird mask, raid mask, I got a scythe, and um, a red robe. So what are you going as? Like, what would you call that? Spicy Grim Reaper. Spicy Grim Reaper? Okay. Well, if you don't think scary costumes are cool, then why wouldn't you just go as a strawberry? Because strawberries are a fruit. (laughs) Or you could go as, like, I don't know, you could go as a scarecrow, you know? Like, but no, you're going as something spooky, right? I'd say if you play your cards right, you could make a scarecrow scary. You could. Well, of course you can. Um, But anyway, all right. Here's what I want. I want to know 
Like the the story behind it is like all of the parents got tired of their kids because they were too hard to care for. Uh, so they paid the bus driver to murder them by driving the bus off a cliff into the gorge. What do you think that meeting was like? Who do you think would be the first parents to bring? Like out of all your friends, let's say between you and Ava and Eva and Liana and Gwen and Reese and Corinne. Like if all the moms got together and all the dads got together, who out of your friend's parents do you think would be the first parent to say, what if we made a murder pact against our children? Which ones do you think? Probably the ones with either the most kids or ones with... The most um, kids? Well, name names here. They're never going to hear this. What parent? Um... Why would I like be thinking about this? I don't know. Well, we, we, our listeners want to know this. They want to know which one of an eleven-year-old's yeah. girl's moms is most likely to kill her kids. Or dads, yeah, or dads. Um, Not that they would kill them, but they would pay somebody to kill all of them. Probably Reese's mom because yeah. Reese's family is like rich. Yeah. Uh-huh. So do you think like Reese is a financial drain on her parents, and they would use that money to buy a yacht or something? I mean, I'm not going to say that, but sure. You just Okay, well, that's what we're suggesting here. Okay, I want to know what that meeting would have been like. I think that would have been, um, you know, who suggested it and how they all came to agreement. Um, I love this segment. I think it's really beautiful. I think it, like, represents the holiday the best. I love all of the jack-o'-lanterns in front of Rhonda's house. Like that in the um, one with the werewolf girls yep. is my favorite. Are my favorite okay. segments. Yeah, so we'll get back to what your favorites are. But I think as far as like what represents Halloween, I think that that is the best. I love that you have like the kids like going to the adult party and them seeing like uh, the hot dog butt fucking a pig, I think is the quote. Like, And you see like the kids having no idea that that's what adults do on Halloween. <laughs> they act like little morons. Um, you know, Rhonda is portrayed, I think you're supposed to insinuate that she might be somewhere on the autism spectrum, that she has a little bit of like socially awkward interactions, but is a pretty sweet kid. What do you think of the prank that Macy and the other three kids play on Rhonda? That was like, not the, I would say that was like malicious, not really yeah. a plank, prank, yeah. but like... Pretty also, dangerous, the too. The amount right? of planning they would have to have for that, though, would be yeah. like... Oh, yeah. That's a lot of planning for, like, a bunch of 12-year-old they'd kids. They'd have to have, like, planning that for months. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So, um, but it's far as, like, pranks go, like, it's really good. Like, you have the intestines with the sausage. You have the really cool zombie masks. How'd that kid, like, paint his entire face red that quickly, though? That's pretty easy, because all you're trying to do is you're going for coverage, not detail. So you just get a bunch of, like, fake blood or whatever, and you smear it on your hands, and then you just kind of rub it in your face really quick. You know, you don't... All you're trying to do is cover it. You're not looking to get, like, nitty-gritty details. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that would be pretty easy to do, I think. That should... Like, think about when you wash your face with soap. It's If you just put it on your hands, you can cover your face really quick, right? Mm-hmm. So I think it would be that. Um, do you think that all of these kids were the same level of mean, or do you think, like, one or two were meaner than others? The, the, um, girl in the angel costume was definitely the meanest. Yeah, she was a jerk. Um, and then you got the girl with, like, the headgear. Um, she 
you know, was kind of just going along to get along. Like she wasn't super nice. And then there was one boy, and I'm going to look up his name right now. Like there was one kid that didn't, I don't think he understood how mean they were going to be, right? Mm-hmm. Do you think he deserved to die too? No. Yeah, I would say out of all of them, like he probably deserved to die the least because like he was the nicest of them. I think his name was Schrader. Um, oh, look at him now. Like that's that kid now. What do you Who think? Who names their kid Schrader? I don't know. Well, that's the name of the character. I don't think that's his name in real life. His name is Jean-Luc in, Luc in real life. He has not acted in a few years, but I thought, you know, he was like the nicest of the bunch. I don't think he realized how far that prank was going to go. But I what actually it... thought at the end mm-hmm. she was going to give the key to him and he'd escape, but yeah. the other kids wouldn't because mm-hmm. it was like, he'd be like clinging on to like the end of it as it, go- as it went up and she like pulled him up. Yeah. But So what is the lesson there? What is the lesson about, you know... Even if you're a good person, if you don't follow the rules, you're still going to die. Right. Or what does it tell you about the kind of people you hang out with? Just don't hang out with bad people or else you'll get grouped in with them. Yeah, guilt by association, right? Mm -hmm. So these kids thought they would play like a really nasty prank. And again, do you think that, do you think, we talked about this before about who gets killed in this movie. Do you think the zombie kids came back because of the prank? Or do you think that the zombie kids came back because Macy kicked the pumpkin into the swamp? The pumpkin. I think so, too. Because, like, you're allowed to play tricks on Halloween, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Like, there's not necessarily, like, it doesn't say, like, your tricks have to be only this level of mean. Um, I think that, like, if they didn't kick the pumpkin into the swamp, then they would have survived. Um... Hold on, I'm going to adjust that. Well, that sounds a little bit better. So I think that's why they ended up getting killed overall. You know, and I would say, like, you know, the expression goes, like, fuck around and find out. Like, that's what those kids did. They fucked around and they found out that you're going to get eaten by zombies. So Rhonda escapes and she sees Sam at the end. And you notice a pattern like Sam keeps turning up in all of these little shorts, right? Mm -hmm. So you see him go around okay any other thoughts on the school bus massacre revisited before we move on nope all right that brings us to surprise party and you said this is one of your favorites Mm -hmm. what do you love about this segment i love how there's a twist at the end and also do you think that mr wilkins death was caused by sam or just by coincidence that is a really good question um because when I was putting together my reasons that people get killed, this was the one I struggled with. And I think that he that Wilkins was killed because he was putting poison in the candy. Mm. Like that was going too far with your trick and disrespecting the holiday. So that's why he became a victim. Um, so what are some of the twists? Because there's a lot of twists in this one, right? Mm-hmm. What are some of the twists? Mr. Wilkins is a vampire and the girls are werewolves. Did that surprise you when Mr. Wilkins turned out to be the vampire, the one who bit the girl on the neck at the parade and was stalking Anna Paquin's character, Lori? Yeah, I thought you were going to have either like a whole other segment just for him. You thought he would have another, oh, a segment on the vampire. Yeah. Yeah, I can understand that. You would think he would make like a, a play an even bigger role. Or be one of the other villains. Yeah, I could see that. Um, 
I would say that was a really big surprise when they unveiled him to be the vampire. I didn't expect that. Um, and you're right. Like there are when you watch the movie again and again, there are definitely things that you notice. Like for example, you know where are the girls having the party? Oh, it's at a clearing called Sheep's Landing. So you have like the wolf in sheep's clothing, mm-hmm. right? Um, they have all of these like little comments, like oh, last year I had Mexican, I got a stomach ache, and you know I had a sailor, I was dressed like a sailor. You are what you eat. Um, they make all these little comments that, you know, when you watch it again, you can pick up. And uh, Lori's costume, like, what is she dressed as? She's just as Little Red Riding Hood. And who is the bad guy in Little Red Riding Hood? The big bad wolf. Yeah. And they even say at one point, uh, her sister says to her, come out of the dressing room or we're going to what? Up and puff and blow your house So down. like the three little pigs, right? So you get like all these little nods that things are not uh, what they seem. Um, Another thing I would say that um, her name is Lori, and I would say that's another nod to horror movies. What is another Lori you know from horror movies? I know like two names from like horror movies. Okay. As only the villains. Oh, okay. My God. All right. And you've watched how many horror movies? A lot. Yes. So you just don't remember names. That's all right. I suck at that too. So Laurie Strode from Halloween, played by Jamie Lee Curtis, considered like the kind of prototypical final girl. I would say that the name Laurie is a direct, um, a, a direct reference to that. And let's say. Anna Paquin, who plays Laurie, probably at this point, or at that point, the biggest name in the whole movie, maybe aside from Brian Cox. Like, she was in the X-Men movies as Rogue. Uh, um, she'd been in a ton of movies like The Squid and the Whale and Almost Famous, and she's all that. Um, probably at that point, best known for the HBO show True Blood, which is like a gothic vampire romance show which i used to really like um and then i got kind of crappy after um a couple seasons but she was sookie stackhouse the main person in that and i think she is stunning um what did you think of the werewolves in this one i mean the werewolves were like the cgi was pretty bad but i really liked their segment yeah what cgi like just the face cgi but what about what else was cgi that you thought like, it's just like, eh, like you can like kind of see how it's like masky and like rubbery, but it's still really fun. Yeah, to watch. well, that would be practical still. That's still like when they pull off the arms and it's like the werewolf thing underneath. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could definitely tell it looked a little bit like latex. Like you know, when you get like a really clear copy of the movie, like you can tell it's latexy. But I would still rather have that than like CGI. Um, I think because it still kind of holds up better. There's the scene at the end, the moment at the end where she like puts her head back and her face transforms to be kind of woofy. And that looks CGI. That's definitely CGI. But aside from that, I think it looks really good. Um, What would you think of going to a party like that for Halloween when you're older? I'd love to. You'd love to when you're older? Oh, boy. Would you eat people? Yes. Oh, boy. So, again, really the fun twist there is you have um, Lori getting stalked by the vampire, and you're meant to believe that she is going to be the victim here. And instead, you know, she's playing possum, and she is the person who is uh, luring the vampire dude in in a really fun segment. All right. 
last segment we have is meet Sam. So this is when, you know, Sam has been in all the other segments. Like, you don't know it's him in the beginning, really, with the attacking the woman. You can kind of guess it, but he shows up at the principal's door for the candy. He is at the top of the ravine uh, where the elevator is at the end of the segment with the kids. And then you see him, like, just at the party, like, hanging out, like, just chilling with all the werewolf women. But this is when you get to really see Sam in action, right? Mm-hmm. So here's the fun thing. Like, Sam, usually when you have, like, a someone like this, they're usually going to be played by a little person um, because, you know, there are a lot of rules around filming, with children, like how long they can be on set for, what the conditions are, how many hours they can work. But Sam was played by an actual like seven-year-old kid, not a little person. And the reason for that is Mike Doherty, the director, knows that like children move different from adults, right? Yeah. So, you know, Sam, he wanted Sam to you know, move around like a kid on Halloween. Mm-hmm. Not someone imitating a kid. I thought that was really cool. He was played by a boy named Quinn Lord, who's like 22 now, still pretty young, still working. He's done a lot of genre work, a lot of TV work. And Quinn is also, he's a handsome dude. Look at that guy. Little shirt and tie there. It's a pretty good looking kid. Oh, that's not a shirt. That's a jacket. Your dad's eyes are are going quickly. Um, Anyway. He also plays the little boy in the dressing room mm-hmm. who's, like, peeping in on the girls, watching them change and, like, getting that, you know, going, oh, girls. So cute little scene there. Um, so I would describe this segment as a Christmas carol meets Friday the 13th. Um, what do you like about this segment? I really like how, like, you think the guy's going to live, but then all the um, zombie kids show up. And mm-hmm. it, also, did the dog die? I think the dog dies. Okay, that's what I hate about this segment. Yeah, yeah. The I dog gotta... did nothing. The dog yeah. was innocent. Poor Max. Yeah, Max did nothing wrong. You're right. And kind of like Max looks like the dog from The Grinch that stole Christmas. So I said a Christmas carol. It's kind of like The Grinch meets Friday the 13th. Yeah, Mm-hmm. Poor Max does die, is how I understand it. Um, and what's neat here is you see the same conversation from the principal segment in the backyard, but now you see it from the character Brian Cox. And Brian Cox, probably at this point best known or most known recently for his work on the show Secession um, on HBO, which everybody raves about. I have not watched it yet. i got to get into it. But he also was the first Hannibal Lecter uh, in the movie Manhunter. He starred in the autopsy of Jane Doe. Uh, sorry, the autopsy of Jane Doe, uh, the movie Red. Um, just a long and storied career. Like just one of those dudes that, whenever you see him, he brings his A game to it. Uh, he and who does he look like here? He looks like John Carpenter. What do you think of Kriegs as a person? In the, sh- in the movie. Yeah. I mean, I really like him and his dog, and that was really cute. And then the dog and him died, so... Mm-hmm. And he was also the um, bus driver, as seen in the beginning of the movie. Does that surprise you when they revealed that he was the bus driver? Mm-hmm. It was a big surprise. He's kind of an asshole, isn't he? Yeah. Like, what does he do to the kids when he first... When the first kids that come trick-or-treating to his house, what does he do? 
He scares the kids. And he takes their candy, right? Mm-hmm. He uses his dog Max to... Maybe that's why Max got killed. Because Max know? did not know what he was doing. He yeah, was I would agree with you. I'm not saying I disagree there. I think the dog doesn't know. You know, it's like when Lacey jumps up on your mom's lap and drinks her hot chocolate. You know, she can't help that. She's a dog. Um, you know, poor, poor Max. But Krieg is kind of a jerk. Like, you know, and like guy said, he's living his best life. He's stealing candy, sitting there when everyone else is out celebrating. He's got that old school remote control in his hand. And like, what is every show that he comes across about? It's all Halloween stuff, right? It's Yep. And he's like, ah, screw this. So he's not happy. So who does he encounter in his house? Who shows up? Sam. And what does Sam want? He wants candy. He wants candy. Sam would probably have diabetes because all he eats is candy. And I really worry about, you know, his health in the long term. Um, here's a fun thing. Like, okay, so call back to the movie Pet Cemetery, where... Um, Fred Gwynn's character, where basically Fred Gwynn um, gets his tendon of his ankle sliced uh, by Gage at the end. Uh, that's what happens here. Like, you see the razor come out and cut the ankle tendon. Um, that razor blade in the candy bar, that's the candy bar that Sam took from the principal. So that's where you find out that the principal is not only poisoning some candy... But also um, putting razor blades in it. So, yeah, that probably is why the principal ends up getting killed. Um, because that's not a good thing. But that's kind of a neat little callback. And that's what I like about why I like all the stories interweaving with one another. Because then you get, um, you get that happening. So what is Sam made up of? He's made up of, like, pumpkin guts. Yeah. And, like, ugh. It's really neat when he gets blown up by the shotgun because you just see pumpkin guts everywhere. And then, like, the um, trap that sends Kriegs going down the stairs. It's all jawbreaker candy, like marbles that you would slip on. It's glass. It's razor blades. It's gross shit. It's a really fun segment. And what saves Kriegs at the end? Like He gives what, him a candy bar. He gives him the candy bar. It's all Sam wanted was candy. Um, but then what is the big twist at the end? The, um, kids from the bus come. The kids from the bus come back, and then it goes to the comic book ending, and you hear Kriegs get ripped apart by all of the kids. If he didn't get ripped apart, I could say he could have lived if he gives them candy, because, one, like, there's no rules on what tricks you can't do, and two, the, uh, giving them candy is, like, one of the rules, so, like, technically, if, like... But he did get ripped apart at the end, so like... He did get ripped apart at the end. Yeah, because those kids weren't interested in candy. Those kids were interested in revenge because they had been murdered Yeah, like, if Kriegs. the reason they got murdered was why they came back, then it mm-hmm. wouldn't explain, like, why they didn't mm-hmm. come back, like, years ago. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it was something about that particular Halloween that made them come back, but they could have come back at any time, all right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So what were your favorite segments in this anthology? What would... Which ones did you like the best? Um, I like the two middle segments, the ones with the werewolf girls and the um, the God school bus kids. School bus massacre. Okay. Um, what do you think about a movie like this in general? Like this is called an anthology movie, where 
you take a bunch of short stories and you make a longer one out of it. What do you think of that as an idea in general for a I movie? really like it, especially since you don't see a lot of movies like that out there. Yeah, what are some others? Hmm, I don't really know. So there's really? Creep Show. Oh, yeah. Which is really fun, which is, you know, another movie I love to watch around Halloween. There's Tales from the Dark Side. There's Tales from the Hood. I don't think I've ever seen Tales from the Dark Side. Oh, we'll have to watch that one day. It's fun. Um, but this is the one that people watch the most around this time of year. It's probably like the most Halloween of any Halloween type of movie you can find. All right, so this is a question from our readers, Christian Jaggy2 over on Twitter. That's Christian Jaggy2. So he asks, like, why are anthologies so hard to get right? He can only think of a few that gets them right. Why do you think it might be hard to make an anthology movie? Because you have to find a way to perfectly tie the stories together and make it not confusing to follow along. Yeah. That's part of it is, like, all the stories, like, you could have, like, four really good stories, but if they don't kind of have the same kind of mold, if they're all, like, they can be different from one another, but if they feel like they don't belong in the same movie, then that's kind of disorienting. Mm -hmm. And also, like, it's kind of like how you stack them up like if you put your best segment first and then everything is downhill from there you lose interest like there's so many things that can go wrong with an anthology movie whether it's the pacing whether it's the tone whether or not you have enough material to tell enough short stories to make it compelling so i think horror in particular there are a lot of great ones but there you get for every creep show there's like a creep show three which is not good at all um, all right. What do you think about Sam? Why do you think Sam is such a popular mascot for like horror movies and for Halloween season now? Because like since the movie was so popular and since Sam doesn't look like any like popular or other character you mm -hmm. might see and, it's, and he stands out. Yep. So he's original is what you're saying mm -hmm. because he's like a completely original character i would say that yeah he's probably the most original character and because like he really embodies the spirit of halloween like this idea that it can be spooky and scary but there's like mischief like i don't think do you think sam is evil or mean no yeah i think he's more mischievous than anything like yes he does kill that woman but i think that like he doesn't, you know, maybe doesn't quite get it. You know, he's kind of just like playing tricks on people in his way. So I think that's kind of part of it, too. Um, all right. And then what do you think of the movie as a whole? Like, how do you think Trick or Treat does in representing like Halloween as a holiday? It does a lot of like, t like using a lot of movie tropes like vampires like and werewolves and kids coming back from the dead. Mm -hmm. And it also has like, it is Halloween, so you have, like, a lot of Halloween-y stuff, like, mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah, so it, like, taps into all the things, like, the classic monsters, like vampires, werewolves, zombies, demon children. Yeah, it's more than, like, you know, just because you have a horror movie, it doesn't mean you throw it on on Halloween. Like, it has to feel like Halloween. Do you think that this town felt like Halloween? Yes, because like everywhere there was costumes, there was pumpkins, every yeah. house had decorations, there was parades. Yeah, the, everybody went like all out for that holiday, right? Mm -hmm. So it just felt like Halloween. Great. What are your final thoughts on Halloween? Well, oh, sorry. What are your final thoughts on Trick or Treat? Oh, 
One of the scenes I really like is that, like, it's near the end where that, where Mr. Wilkins' kid is dressed up as him. I thought that was really nice. You thought when Mr. Wilkins was what now? Well, like, you know at the end where Mr. Wilkins' kid had his, like, shirt on with the blood and, like, yep. a tie? That was kind of sad, wasn't it? I know, but, like... Because you're like, oh, great, now this kid's an orphan. And it's, I also, like, the scene where it's like, oh, I as mommy, that just made us sadder. Yeah, it is. I still like it, though. Mm-hmm. All right, and then, um... From This Means Podcast, sending uh, us a quick comment and question. Big fan of the film, even though some of it's dated. Yeah, some things are dated. There's a little bit of gay panic and the way that it treats kids with, you know, developmental delays. It's a little, you know, dated overall. Like, I think it can handle it pretty well for its time, but like 14 years on, we look at things a little bit different. Um Big fan of the film, even though some of it's dated, but I do wish they had done an animated segment. While watching the film, have you ever thought this as well? Keep up the great work. You go first. Like, Do you think this movie would be better if they had an animated segment? I think that would be really fun, but like, how would they tie it in with everything else? Yeah, that's what I, I think you could do like an animated spin-off of this, but I think the movie is perfect because it's grounded in our world and... Because like the way it weaves in and out of like different of different um, stories, the only thing I could think is maybe if you told the bus massacre story uh, from an animated point of view, if you use that. But even then, like I think the performances of those kids are so good, and the look of the whole like gorge and ravine is so creepy. I wouldn't want to change anything about that. So maybe for like a sort of spinoff or like a one-off special, but mm -hmm. I wouldn't add like animation to this particular movie. All right. Any final thoughts? No. No? All right. Well, this has been our special Halloween third annual dad and daughter <laughs> episode. Are we going to keep doing this? Like, Are we going to do another one next year? Or are you going to be like, Absolutely. Oh, I'm too cool for this? Absolutely. All right. So you got to start taking notes and get ready. But we hope you've enjoyed this, listeners. Um, this is a really fun episode for me to do every year. Um, so go ahead. And this will be for the, at least the next month. It is going to be the last new and original episode posted as the pod and the pendulum takes a one month hiatus to just recharge our batteries retool a little bit um i've got some ideas of like how we're going to come back and what we're going to cover but we need a little bit of a break and a little bit of a fresh start is going to be needed um what we'll do in november is we will post episodes from our patron feed uh, I know that we're going to do Mom and Dad as one of them because we had a really great guest on that and I want you to be able to hear them. Um, but that is going to be what we're going to be doing for the month of November and then hopefully coming back very strong in December. want to say if for some strange reason, and I don't think it will be, if this is the last original episode we ever do, uh, can't think of a better way to go out than with my little kid, uh, who's no longer a little kid anymore, who's now like almost I'm a teenager, 11. 11 and a half, like almost, where did it go? It feels like just yesterday I was taking you trick-or-treating for the first time when you had a, like a pink Supergirl jumper on, 
and we were going through Nana's neighborhood, and you were like loved trick or treating. It was like you got so pumped to do Who it. Said I don't still love trick or treating. Oh, I mean, you fell in love with it right away. Like it's like a one year old or a two year old. You're like fuck yeah, candy, <laughs> which is an exact quote, I think. Um, but anyway, if for some reason it is like a, I can't think of a better way to go out. It would be thank you so much for all the listens, the comments, the downloads, the reviews. It has been a blast. Like I said, I've got a number in mind that I want to end at, and we are not there yet. So I believe we'll be back in a month with a new material. But thank you again. In the meantime, go ahead, rate, review, subscribe. We've got. 127 episodes in the can so go ahead give them a listen go back to our previous halloween material where we had ada and i do a fan commentary for Shaun of the dead and then just a standard episode last year for hubie halloween and as well as our script reading of dennis etchinson's unused script for halloween 4 uh, which devolves into chaos that was posted last year as well but we hope wherever you are you have had or are having a fantastic halloween you got a lot of candy that you were able to not get murdered by sam thanks once again and take care everybody all right should we sign off bye bye everybody happy halloween